0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith.
2: Hello and welcome. I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith. And thanks for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and Project Freedom Radio Network. To find me on the net, I am at com or at Facebook, Come Back to Your Senses Radio. And today the show is about how to develop your intuitive muscle. And I know for myself, like many others, uh, intuition and being aware of intuitive feelings and impressions is something that I became familiar with as a young girl. I often hear people mention that themselves. And uh, it's also quite common that uh, as we mature and grow, we go through periods then of not being so tuned to our intuition. And then uh, in... uh, Later years often people uh, go back to it and on purpose pursue that c- type of a connection so wherever you are or aren't with this uh, re- your own relationship to your intuition I'm going to share some tips some suggestions some research just a wide variety of information to help you kind of slide in with wherever you are right now that you can grow this experience of your intuition and then also, make some suggestions around things we can do when, oh, you know, those times I, I get stopped myself. When there's a decision to make, there's two ways to go, and you're kind of torn. Should I go? Should I stay? Should I do this? Should I do that? So, am going to hopefully make some suggestions that will help with those types of situations also. But just out of the starting gate, it's good to know that intuition is a skill that can be developed. And it's a natural ability. And it's a natural ability for us to tune into information that's outside of the scope of our five physical senses. You know, the ones hearing, touching, seeing, tasting, and smelling. And intuition's available to everyone. And anyone that has the desire can learn to open to and direct their intuition by learning to focus their attention. So it is a skill. Like all muscles, you can develop them. You know, um, last March uh, 2012, I did a uh, broadcast on ESP, extra perception, and during that show, I presented some information about different brain wave patterns. So, I want to just pick up some of that conversation now because it's relevant to today's topic on developing your intuitive muscle. Well, the The art of intuition really could be linked to, if you like, simple things like openness, focus, relaxation, and trust, whereas the science of intuition can be linked to a shift in brain waves, amongst other things, and I'm going to focus on the brain wave, the four brain wave frequencies, and they range from the most activity to the least activity. So when the brain's aroused and actively engaged in mental activity, it generates beta brain waves. And the beta brain is characteristic of, you know, a strongly engaged mind, that left brain that automatically engage engages beta waves when we're focusing on tasks that require that left brain or logical kinds of thinking. And the beta waves are always tuned to reason and measurable facts. Then the alpha brain waves they represent the non-arousal, and they're slower. So whenever we take time for personal reflection, such as relaxation techniques, or even things like listening to music or watching the sunset, or even going for a walk in nature, these activities are more akin to the right brain and the alpha brain waves. Then the theta brain waves are even slower in frequency. So, when we're doing repetitive activities of daily life, you know, when your mind is, it can be disengaged. And then you're able to slip into that theta where you're more prone to inspiration and, and more prone to intuition. So anytime when you're able to go on automatic pilot, then there's a free flow of energy. The mind isn't censoring your activities and you're in a positive mental state or even a light trance state. And then the fourth brainwave state is delta. And that is the state of deep dreamless sleep. It would take you to the lowest frequency like at night, when you enter the dream state, your brain waves descend. You can kind of think of that like gears shifting down in a car from beta to alpha to theta. And then finally, when we fall off to sleep, the brain settles into a delta brainwave pattern. So, just generally speaking, throughout the day, we all do a brainwave dance. Or shifting from beta to alpha, beta to alpha, to delta, to alpha, to beta, just a brainwave dance as you move throughout the day. And during those times, the brain effortlessly, it just automatically shifts from one state to another, and it's really based on how you're engaging your mind for any given activity and the research on brain wave frequencies shows that although one brain wave state may be more dominant at any moment really depending again on the activity you're focused on but the remaining three brain states are always present in kind of the overall mix of brain waves they're all there all the time so just a little bit of knowledge about brain wave states can perhaps enhance your ability to make use of the characteristics of each state such as being intensely focused in beta, relaxed in alpha, more creative than theta, and then the deep restorative sleep of delta. So a close rapport really with your intuition is common when you're in an alpha or a theta state of mind as well as when you're emerging from Delta into the Theta from deep sleep. And in meditation and during relaxation, or when you're daydreaming or nodding off to sleep, you may see colors, images, you might hear conversations, receive information or a solution to something that you were struggling with. And these are really opportunities for our psyche or our soul, our inner self, really, to send us information in in ways that are easy for us to perceive and receive. It just kind of slides in. And certainly the dream state also provides really vast opportunities to receive communication from our psyche or to work things out that might be weighing on us. You now, sometimes the higher aspects of your being need to wait, wait for you to shift brainwave states in order to send you the inspiration or the information that you might be looking for. Because if you're intensely focused or spend a lot of time in the beta brain, there's not as much opportunity then for the intuition to slide in, so to speak. You know, so it's through the shift in perception from our left brain to the right brain and a shift in brain waves from the beta to the alpha and the theta and the delta. That's what really opens the doorway into receiving and perceiving the information and the energy. Because sometimes it just comes in the form of energy from our intuition. And this Exchange with our intuition can augment our experience in the moment. It can allow us to receive vital information. It can help us change direction. And really, it can help us to relax and enjoy life. And we can always use that. You know, early humanistic accounts of human development promoted the idea that intuition plays a really key role in positive mental health and some people would suggest that becoming a fully functioning person requires you to develop an ability to trust your instincts an ability really to cultivate your intuitive spontaneous modes of self-expression and Carl Jung suggested that optimum mental health includes the ability to be open to messages from a deeper level of unconscious and in his famous uh, Stanford University commencement address in 2005 Steve Jobs advised students not to let the noise of others opinions drown out their own inner voice but rather to have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. And really few psychologists would deny that we possess a subtle mind that can be a great source of strength and joy and creative insight. And some might argue that intuitive methods of thinking and deciding are superior to analytical methods. Yet, let's bear in mind that just just like with all things in life, balance and homeostasis can be your most important guideposts on the journey of really living an authentic life. That would be a life of personal, professional, and global autonomy. Imagine that, personal, professional, and global autonomy. Mm -hmm. And surely great gifts of opening to your intuition could always help to move us along in that direction. You know, it just like in the earlier description of brainwave patterns, it really suggests that it's a blending of all the states, the beta, the alpha, the data, and the delta, and the, th- and the theta, and that is the natural flow and function of our brain. And that's the link, really, to your capacity and potential. So for some to come into balance will require more of a blending of the alpha and the theta states of mind, the right brain, where the intuition can flow easily into them. Yet for other people, balance might mean something different. It might mean spending more time in the beta left brain state in order to bring balance. So ultimately, really it is a blending of both the right and the left hemispheres of the brain That's really key. It's the cohesion of the two aspects of our brain power that's really what is required to live a balanced daily life. And when the intuitive impressions in the form of thoughts and images, feelings, and ideas are perceived, it's often through a blending of the beta and the alpha states of mind that we're then able to put these impressions into action in the world. Because really, in and of itself, intuition is is great, yet if we don't have the capacity to take that information and then make it real in the world, then it doesn't have as much effectiveness as when we're able to move with that and put things into action. I like this little quote from Carl Jung. It says, I shall not commit... The fashionable stupidity of regarding everything I cannot explain as a fraud. (laughs) It's a very bold statement. So everyone experiences intuitive moments every day. And this often happens without realizing that it was your intuition in action. Sometimes we call these moments aha moments or deja vu or flashes of genius. You you see that light bulb going off. For some people it's that instant connection with friends or even for some that experience of love at first sight. But really in its simplest form, intuition can be seen as a heightened ability to perceive and empathize with and understand people, animals, emotions, health, and the world, and everyone experiences flashes of intuition from time to time. Yet it's really useful to know that through focus and practice, you can develop intuition and open it at will. Like with anything, once you develop the skill and develop the muscles, then things happen with ease, slow in the beginning, and then building as we practice. You know, in all societies, here's a great quote from Willis Harmon, all societies, ancient or modern, primitive or sophisticated, have guided themselves by values and goals, that are rooted in the experience of deep intuition, and it's often said that intuition's about knowing something without knowing how you know it. I remember my my dear late mother; she often responded to questions of inquiring about how she knew something with a smile and a quick turn of a phrase, "I just know." Somehow, when I was a a youngster, it always seemed like things were well in the world when I would hear my mother say, I just know. (laughs) Maybe some of you have experienced that as well in your relationship with your mother or someone else you're close with and had that same feeling of comfort. You know, intuition is a tool that can help you to know more than just what your intellect tells you. In studies at the universities of Stanford, Duke, Princeton and UCLA verify that intuition is real and it could be what guides first-time mothers to care for the needs of their newborn babies and that same intuition could be what leads scientists to hypothesize about the incredible wonders of the human body, the natural world, and even the universe. You know, we have those experiences of intuition, the classic things like when the phone rings and you know who it is before you answer, or you dream, you have a dream about an old friend that you haven't seen for a long time, and then hmm, within a few days you run into them. Or another indication of an intuitive moment could be suddenly having a solution to a problem, that you or even yourself and a group of people have been deliberating over. Well, it's good to know that your intuition can bring you the answer to something complex and also things that are simple like a scientific formula, a renovation, ideas about a uh, aggravated medical condition, how to rearrange the furniture, or even finding the perfect card or outfit for a special occasion. These can all be so, so solutions or things that come can come to you through your capacity for opening to your intuition. And it can also be reflective of times when you just knew what to do, even when there was no logical reason or explanation, yet your actions were able to create the best possible outcome for the situation. And I want to stress again that tapping into intuition is a skill. And like any skill, intuitive ability comes more naturally to some people than to others. And regardless of your current comfort level and ability, in order to really use and develop your natural gift of intuition in your daily life, regular practice is really the key. Now the act of reflecting on intuition is precisely what intuition isn't. Because intuition is really your brain on autopilot, performing its actions of processing information outside of your awareness. It's kind of more like uh, the non-conscious thinking that we do. And it can be helpful to know that The kind of automatic information processing that underlies intuition is something that you experience regularly. It's just such a natural thing. Think of, you know, those experiences of driving on the highway. You can get in the car and drive for miles without a conscious thought. Now, obviously, your brain is processing all the incoming information because you are steering the car and reacting to the road conditions and responding to the actions of the other drivers yet you're not aware of yourself doing that similarly you can walk down the street and get lost in your thoughts and find yourself at your destination without being aware of the process that you went through to get there you know we look up and we say oh my gosh I'm here already how did I get here (laughs) how many times have you heard yourself say that how did I get here But you know increasing your access to the power of your intuition mm, we really requires allowing yourself to be open to many non logical ways of receiving helpful information and guidance. Albert Einstein acknowledged the important role of intuition in his scientific work. He said that the intellect has little to do on the road to discovery. There comes a leap in consciousness. Call it intuition or what you will. And the solution comes to you, and you don't know why or how. Now, we're much more than just our physical bodies. And that leap of consciousness described by Einstein, your intuition, that's really what allows you to tap into an expanded reality that lies beyond your physical sense of perception, an expanded reality that we're all collectively connected to. You know, you experience a reality shift as your spiritual eyes are opened, if you like. And intuition is what you receive from that pure place. The information and the guidance that comes to you will always be positive, loving, it will feel right. And it will be based on your own inner truth and, and somehow you just instinctively know that you can trust it. And so here's some um, great research based information from uh, Will Doing. And it's based on his article, When Your Gut Sends Mixed, M- uh, Mixed Signals. He suggests that, you know, many people think of intuition as doing without thinking, ignoring our heads, and following our hearts. But from a neurological point of view, it's actually a very, it's a, it's a very impressive cognitive process. So there's a region of the brain that's called the basal ganglia. And it plays a crucial role in this. this region is involved in two processes that are critical to intuition. One is predicting rewards and the other is acting without conscious thought. So the aptitude really for making decisions seemingly without thinking, like deciding to put one foot in front of the other while you're walking, it's the same ability that takes over when your mind is overwhelmed with information. Intuition could be described as signals that come from lots of different places below the threshold of consciousness says uh, Dr. Levine he's a professor of psychology at the University of Texas and in the absence of hard evidence to push you towards a clear yes or no your mind tries to take everything you know that's relevant to the situation and boil it down to a single sensation and everything you know Includes not just what's right in front of you, but a whole lifetime of accumulated wisdom prior experiences advice you've been given and The outcomes of your past decisions So psychologist dr. David Myers describes intuition as an example of knowing more than we know we know imagine that a description of intuition knowing more than we know we know. And when it works, this subconscious process really can clarify the mind in ways that rationality can only dream of doing. For instance, Myers cites that the work of Harvard psychologists who found that watching just two or three second video clips of someone teaching was all that observers needed to predict quite accurately how students would evaluate that teacher at the semester's end. So intuition can make us wizards at sizing people up. However, that doesn't always mean that we know how to use the information correctly. Because at its base, intuition is partly emotional response And sometimes we can deduce what our emotions are saying. So you react emotionally in ways that sometimes need to be overcome with rational thinking, says Jonathan Barron. He's a professor of psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. And Barron cites the example of his recent research. He he recently searched for a new home, and he was prepared for a... a long slog at it you know and then he found a charming apartment after just one month and he told himself that he found the perfect place but it wasn't until later that day that he realized that the apartment was just way too small for him so when you've already strongly decided that you want the answer to be yes then you can run the risk of distorting your intuition by telling yourself what you want to hear And this is because the subconscious tug-of-war between our analytical and our emotional impulses, that tug-of-war, that intuition sometimes comes across as maybe clouded or like we feel like we need to decipher it. And it's because of that tug-of-war, not because of intuition itself. You know, when when this type of thing happens, there's a couple of strategies that are suggested that can help you clear the interference so that your intuitive mind can come through loud and clear, and it can tell you exactly what you need to know. So the first suggestion would be to really to get physical. You know, gut instinct is based on millions of nerves that populate your midsection, if you like, and they're linked to your intuitive brain. And they can help you decipher your mind. So if you try on the decision, you know, try it on in your mind and notice what you see in your mind. What pictures do you see? How does it make you feel? Just play, pay close attention to the, your own physiological reaction. And this can be a way of creating your own concrete evidence through physical symptoms. You know, like when your stomach flips or something gets caught in your throat or you feel that clenching or tension in the back of your neck or in your chest. Mm, Those could be really clear physiological symptoms indicating that mm, it might not be a great choice for you. But it's also good to realize that, you know, simple things like butterflies in your stomach don't necessarily mean that you should back away from the situation, because many decisions have a bit of inherent nervousness to them, you know, fluttering waves or just some giddiness or just a little bit of anxiety, even when we're excited about new things, we can have those physiological experiences. So really, it's more important to pay attention when the physical sensation is contracts you some somehow to know that, "Mm, that doesn't maybe feel so good for me, or if it's expansive. You know, the anxiety of contraction, like shutting down, will obviously point towards a wrong decision, and the expansiveness, even if there is nervousness in it, but you still feel expansiveness, that could indicate that you're on the right track. And then the second indication would be the... um, uh, he's referring to it as a uh, taking a time warp. You know, we often use intuition to figure out if we want something. And so we need to be careful that we don't fall into that kind of a trap of justifying what we want just for instant gratification, you know, like staying out late or more ice cream or, you know, whatever it is for you. You know, situations like first dates and job offers are naturally, you know, filled with exhilaration and possibility. And we're programmed, really, from when we're young to grab at and reach for things that are appealing and that can offer us that instant gratification in the moment. So really what you want to do is determine, is it your gut that's saying yes? Or are you just surrendering to your cravings in that sense of, you know, Instant gratification. And then there's always uh, that, uh, what some people uh, refer to as the last resort of calling heads or tails, you know, that flip of the coin. And people use that sometimes, you know, and uh, psychologist William Ikes, um, professor of psychology, and one of uh, Dr. Levine's colleagues at the University of Texas, he does that. He says that it was a penny that helped him decide which grad school to attend. He'd narrowed it down to two choices, but he was still undecided, even after going through the other approach people do sometimes, the pros and cons. So he did what we all do when logic break down. Well, maybe not all of us, but he called his parents. And his, father, uh, his father's answer was wisdom itself. So Ike says that he told me to flip a coin and pay close attention to my immediate gut reaction to the outcome. So he said, if I'm happy with the way the coin toss came out, I go with that. But if I'm disappointed with the way the coin toss came out, I ignore its outcome and choose the other alternative. Because intuition can be a complex thing. Sometimes the message is really clear and it's like a neon sign and other times it's more obscure. Because it's uh, blocked, if you like, by interference by our own thinking. Our beta brain, logical, trying to get our head around it. But even when it's garbled, you know, when... When we have that knee-jerk reaction, it's possible to use these kind of techniques to pick up on the signals. So, you know, that coin toss is a good example. And anytime you're making a decision, and even though you've made the decision and you're rational and there's reasons why you think it could be good, if you start moving towards executing that decision and it just doesn't feel right in your energy and in your body at all, then that would be really good indication that He might not want to keep moving forward with that. And you know you can grow your intuition through meditation. Some would suggest that when you feel a hunch that it's simply a fragment of your, not your imagination, but your intuition. And that you can use meditation to drop that reasoning mind, which would allow your intuition to naturally grow. When you cultivate your intuition, then you have more direct contact with your inner self. And that can be a constant companion for you that can help you with the challenges that may arise. You know, I, myself, uh, frequently, you know, we have these ideas, I certainly have them as well, of, you know, that we're in control of things and we're going along well with things, and yet it's just executing ideas from the mind. And yet when I drop into a deeper level through my meditation practice, I can sense that maybe some of the things and ways that I'm proceeding are not quite aligned with what's really true for me inside. And so it gives that opportunity then to slow the mind down and allow your more natural instincts to rise up from the surface. You know, meditation can help you to become comfortable with shifting, you know, from the thinking to the feeling. Because sometimes we're overriding our feelings in favor of our thoughts. And we live in a society where it's common to think excessively. And thinking, really it's a process that needs time to formulate answers. But being or being with your feelings, being able to feel, requires no time. Because the answer it, is, it already exists in the feeling by, by its very nature it's intuitive So the more you develop a mind That has clarity and intelligence Then in situations you'll be able to see What's really there With no filters You know for an example As, as a small child Your intuitive abilities were much higher Because you hadn't yet developed those filters That block your intuition you know, filters like the condition mind, the ideas of what you should and shouldn't do, what's right, what's wrong, what's what's what logical and appropriate and mature and all these ideas that sometimes get in the way and block what your intuition is trying to tell you. But when we're in danger, we act immediately with our instincts. You know, time slows down and another type of intelligence takes over to help us be safe. But being able to develop and trust your intuition is very worthwhile and it can assist you in your journey to a fulfilling life. You know, when people think of things they want to accomplish in life they make it a destination in their mind. However, your mind doesn't always know how to get you there. Life direction is more governed by your inner being. So when you come to a crossroads Your intuition can guide you in the direction that would be best for you, which can make the difference between settling for something or making choices that can bring you to a sense of deep satisfaction and and really accomplishment. So really, any way that you can take some time every day to have periods of time where you quiet your mind, where you go into the stillness, that is a number one great way of developing your intuition. Developing your ability to be able to hear what is going on in your in your inner. You now Oprah um, said that learning to trust your uh, her instincts and using your intuitive sense of what's best for you is paramount for any lasting success. She said, "I've trusted the still small voice of my intuition my entire life, and the only time I've made mistakes is when I didn't listen." And I certainly concur with that, that is true for me. I think we've all experienced times where we're we're hearing the intuition, we're feeling the intuition, and we're walking into a situation shaking our head no the whole time because we know that our intuition is really trying to steer us or guide us in a different direction. And Oprah said that it's really more of a feeling than a voice. A whispering sensation that pulsates just beneath the surface of your being. All animals have it. And we're the only creatures that deny and ignore it. And Oprah shared this scenario that happened a while back when she and her friend Bob Green were walking her dogs around the pond at her home in California. And the weather was damp and misty, and she was concerned that it was too cold for the dogs to go in the water. But Bob said, Don't worry, they're dogs. They're not going to stay in the water if it's too cold. Animals don't deliberately cause themselves discomfort the way that people do. Imagine that, eh? Animals don't deliberately cause themselves discomfort the way that people do. Mm. Oprah says she asks, How many times have you gone against your gut only to find yourself at odds with the natural flow of things? Not only with the natural flow of things, but when you go against your gut, you you're at odds with yourself, and I know that. Um, sure, as we live and breathe, we've all experienced that type of situation, and um, that is certainly a challenge. That's a tough day in the life of when you feel at odds with yourself. Mm-hmm. The good news of that is that, you know, when you feel at odds in your, with yourself, then you go into another cycle of coming back to balance. And, and that's a great feeling. And then we have that experience to uh, help us then the next time we start to go off balance. Constant cycles. Remember balancing all every living organism always looking for homeostasis being returned to balance. You know, Oprah says we get caught up in the business of doing and sometimes we lose our place in the flow. But the more that we can tune into our intuition, the better off we are. And she says, I believe it's how God speaks to us. You know, um, I think that the whole thing of struggling as I said, when you have no intuition about something, we're not struggling. And when the intuition is clear, we're not struggling. But it's those times when you're stuck really between two choices that can be really the challenging thing. You know, you're, you're faced with a difficult decision, suddenly feel the right answer in your gut. But while your intuition may seem to come out of this source inside, it's actually a form of unconscious reasoning And one that's rooted in our brains in a way that collects and stores information. So, as you accumulate knowledge and experience, you know, whether it's about what book your partner likes to read or how to play bridge, then you begin to recognize patterns. And your brain unconsciously organizes these patterns into blocks of information. And this is a process that late social scientist Herbert Simon. PhD called chunking it's a term that they use also in in NLP you know over time your brain chunks and links more and more patterns and then stores these clusters of knowledge in your long-term memory so when you see a tiny detail of a familiar design then you instantly can recognize the larger composition and that's what we sometimes regard as a flash of intuition And Dr. Um, Helen Fisher tells us that this elaborate brain circuitry likely evolved so our forebearers could size up a person or a situation quickly. You know, our female ancestors in particular needed this skill because they had to tune into their infants and to, in order to enable them to survive. And we see that in the animal kingdom as well, those natural instincts. And then this helps, some might suggest, could help explain why women today have an edge when it comes to reading people. Yet I find more and more what's happening that um, it's a bit of more of a mythology of the women's intuition because men have just as much access and can be equally comfortable with and versed with bringing forward intuition it has more to do with what's the state going on inside of you, that shift in the brain waves. So it's not really just this idea of women's intu- intuition. I guess we just um, historically had it more that way because women tended to be more in nurturing types of roles. In um, earlier times, women were more exclusively in nurturing types of roles. And nurturing types of roles are more, if you like, right brain oriented or alpha brain oriented so that I think is where that mythology of women's intuition grew from but men are just as intuitive as women are the capacity for humanity to be intuitive is not specific to the sexes Hmm. so Dr. Fisher suggests that we listen to our intuition when you're doing something that you're experienced in so like intuition is really um, learned expertise in disguise As an example, she says if you've played tennis your whole life then go with your instincts on the court instead of thinking through each stroke and then listening to your intuition When you need to consider, really, you have the feeling that you want to get a second opinion. You know, listening to your body signals can help prevent bigger health problems. So if your doctor really is dismissing a nagging symptom, saying it's nothing serious, but you still, you still feel certain that there's something wrong, then go with your hunch and see about finding another opinion. And then listening to your intuition when you're shopping for a home. Not just relying on analyzing the finances, but listen to your gut. Studies have shown that purchases are more satisfying with a big budget item when the decision is made incorporating unconscious thought rather than just by conscious deliberation alone. And then let your your head decide. Dr. Fisher says let your head decide when you're when you're really sniffing out a lie. She says, there's no easily detectable signs that indicate lying. So even if you're adept at reading people, you can infer dishonesty based on the other person's gestures or behavior. And intuition, you know, we all feel the effects. We're all aware of it. It happens to all of us all the time that voice in your head warning you of danger, or giving you this great idea, or telling you to go in this direction, or turn left now. And the intuition helps you to tap into your subconscious mind, which can help you to get to know yourself better. And this can help you to make better decisions for yourself. You'll be able to find better answers to your problems, or in some cases, really avoid avoid problems. Or at least have fewer problems, which would lead to less stress. And less stress means a healthier you. And intuition allows you to have better relationships and better communication because you instinctively know how another might be feeling or what they're ready to hear or maybe not ready to hear. So I just want to take now a A last look at a a comprehensive list of suggestions of how you can develop your intuitive muscle from the book Awakening Intuition by Francis Vogg. Now, you may discover that some of these suggestions are already part of your daily living, or that some of the ideas are things that you would never have equated with the opportunity to build your intuitive muscle. But all of the suggestions, really, they're easy to follow. And you certainly don't need to follow all of the ideas in order to begin to experience an increase in your intuition. But as always, you know, with all suggestions, they really provide great guidelines to get you started with new endeavors. And usually once you get in the flow with a new experience, then you're able to tailor the activities to suit your own needs. Or you may find that the list really just inspires a whole new way of approaching this subject. And after trying a few of the suggestions, your own intuition will just naturally fill in the blanks. And then sometimes a list of good suggestions just inspires your own list of good suggestions. So as I said, here's here's the guidelines. Um, The first one is intention. The first requirement for consciously awakening your intuition is clear intention to do so. The, the intuition's already inside of you. But to awaken it, you have to value it and intend to uh, uh, develop it, and then to follow it, to listen, to heed what it is you hear. And then your willingness to vote time. You know, to devote the time to tuning into your intuition, making a space for it to unfold and develop in your life. That's another way of valuing it and another way of developing it is to carve out the time for that. And then relaxation is a big key, which I commented right at the beginning. You know, when we move more into that shift in brainwaves into the alpha, we're starting to get more relaxed. And letting go of physical and emotional tension, it can really give our intuition the space to enter your conscious awareness. And then silence. Intuition really, really blossoms in silence. So, any way that you can learn to quieten your mind will be part of the training for awakening your intuition. It could be through any number of meditation practices or listening to relaxation music or even the idea of going completely still in silence. In our day, we don't normally take time out to do that. And I know for any of us, If we probably think of it for a minute or two, we'll find that when we hear ourselves most clearly is when we tend to be on our own or alone or just in the silence, even if it's only a few minutes that you have that you can take to be on your own and be quiet and be in the silence. And then honesty can play a big part. You know, that willingness, willingness to face our, you know, self-illusions or deception, Really, to be honest with yourself and others is essential. Because really, creating any kind of a smokescreen really interferes with your clear vision. And giving up pretenses is a big step in awakening your intuition. So, becoming more authentic, moving more in that direction of the authentic self. You know, and um, fortunately, it's not a fixed, static state It's something that we're always developing and cultivating and opening and blossoming into our authentic self. The more we open and relax and let go, the more room there is for the development of that. And then being receptive. Learning to be quiet and receptive allows your intuition to unfold. You know, too much activity or conscious programming can get in the way of intuitive awareness that emerges when, you know, when you're more receptive, when a receptive attitude is being cultivated. And then sensitivity. Finely tuned sensitivity to both what's going on inside and also what's going on outside can provide you more information and can expand your intuitive knowing. So sensitivity to energetic awareness and the quality of your experience, being aware of what's going on around you, feeling tones coming from other people, listening to what's behind people's words, all of this sensitivity. And then nonverbal play. It could be anything. It could be drawing, music, movement working with clay, any kind of art form, building things, crafts, knitting, sewing, you know, anything that's done in the spirit of play or it's done for the purpose of really a goal-oriented achievement. These really provide excellent channels for activating your intuition in the right hemisphere of your brain. You know how many times people are knitting or doing some other kind of craft and they're just in that automatic mode where they just feel so much bliss. (laughs) And then trust. Trusting the process and trusting yourself and trusting your experiences are the keys to trusting and developing your intuition. Openness. So if you're afraid of being seen, then you may close up and then be unable to see yourself so being open to all experiences both inner and outer can give the intuition the space that it needs to fully develop and courage because fear can get in the way of the direct experience and it can often generate mm, deception so your willingness to experience and confront your fears is really an important part of the process as well so that you can be free and open and this will facilitate the expansion of your intuition and then acceptance being non-judgmental accepting things how they are including self-acceptance will allow your intuition to flourish and love opening your heart to feelings opening your heart to compassion will allow you to see into the nature of things you know, emotional empathy and intuition, this intuitive identification, and opening to your intuition are facilitated by love and compassion. So any kind of daily practice, keeping journal, meditating, movement, enjoyment, non-attachment, all of these things... You know, following intuition doesn't always feel good. Sometimes it can feel awkward in the beginning or you're not sure of what's going on. And it might seem difficult or entail some practice. And other times it'll be very effortless. So enjoying the creative resources of intuition is really based on that intrinsic satisfaction of expanding your consciousness and taking responsibility for your life and surrendering to your own nature Living an authentic life, being yourself. We are all intuitive beings. And I hope you've ha- found some good suggestions here that can help you to trust your intuition, trust yourself more. As always, it's a pleasure to have you tune in to come back to Your Senses Radio. I'm your ever grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith. And until next time, relax and enjoy life.
1: We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.